Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to Saints History, told and experienced the way God intended it, with excessive amounts of alcohol and cursing. The booze is probably bourbon because... Their alcohols are for rich women on diets. Now, here's your Drunk Saints History host, who is... Bombed out of his gourd. Hi, welcome to April edition of Drunk Saints History. I'm your host, Ralph Marlboro. You donated for it, you get it. Uh, so this year we try to do, for season two, we try to do like different things. And Andrew, you get, had a great idea and we're doing it this time. You said, Let, hey, let's talk about players' careers and we'll just do, just get drunk and talk about certain Saints players. So the opening one we're doing is Pat Swilling, which his career with the Saints is just strange and weird and wonderful and all kinds of things. Um, you know, he's he, he's the only Saints player to ever win defensive uh Defensive Player of the Year. Um, I thought uh, I thought Leroy Glover did, or did uh, he do just NFC Player of the Year? Uh, yeah, I think he just did okay. NFC Player. Okay. So, um, so Pat Swilling, you know, um, the Saints drafted him out of Georgia Tech in '86, which was one of the great Saints drafts. They drafted uh, Swilling and Dombrowski and Hilliard and Mays, and just just a fucking phenomenal draft. Um, you know, and the thing is with Pat Swilling is you look at him, dude, from uh, 87 to 92, he never had less than seven sacks in a season. He went 10 and a half, seven, 16 and a half, 11, 17, 10 and a half. Uh, for his, that, that was his Saints career sack total, which is, which is just crazy. Yeah. Um, he he so he was kind of one of those athletes that and remember the, the Saints had Ricky Jackson on the other side and they this is back you know when the Saints ran a three four defense and so their two primary pass rushers were their two outside linebackers um, and Ricky Jackson obviously was a very good player Hall of Famer um, Ricky Jackson I would say was more like Cam Jordan in that. He was a good pass rusher because he did everything well. Um, he had a lot yeah. of moves. He had good strength. He had good speed. He had good power. You know, he had good intelligence, IQ, all that stuff. He would get sacks in a lot of different ways. Ricky Jackson was just a really good football player. Um, swilling, it was all speed. And he, he just coming off the edge, um, he had great bend, and he just was so explosive off the snap that – a lot of these guys just couldn't keep up with him. And so, you know, when you look at Ricky Jackson's stats, you know, he's always kind of steady Eddie and always had good years. But um, you'll notice that he never really had the enormous sack totals that Pat Swilling had a couple times. Um, And that was just because sometimes Pat Swilling, when he was feeling healthy and playing well, he was virtually unblockable. I remember 
the Saints drafted him excited because um, he had he had gotten seven sacks in a game. Yeah, by himself uh, against uh, for Georgia Tech. Yeah, yeah, and and the thing is with him is, you know, people that are younger, they 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 know it, of course, if they know NFL history and all that. But like, they didn't have free agency back in the '90s, in the '80s. So like, players just the the NFL players union just got rolled in negotiation after negotiation. So players like they didn't have free agency. So when your contract was up, you just fought with the team and you would hold out. And that's what it happened in in the '80s and '90s into the mid '90s. Like players wouldn't have a contract, and they would just not go to camp because they weren't signed, right? And Pat Swilling, a lot of the Saints, Pat Swilling and Ricky Jackson and other guys had holdouts, but man, Pat Swilling's holdouts were fucking bitter, man. Because starting in 1990, his holdouts were bitter. Like, I remember 1990, like, he signed, like, the week before the 49er game. It was still awesome. Came on the Monday night and was great. But those holdouts with Finks were fucking bitter, man. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Swilling. Saints were in a tough position in that they had four yeah. really good linebackers who were all pro bowlers. And Jim Fix didn't want to pay any of them. Right. He didn't <laughs> want to pay any of them. Um, you know, and I think it's tough because, you know, I think Finks was like, hey, you're not as good without the other three. I mean, he, he would say that to any of those four linebackers. And, you know, I think Swilling statistically was the one that stood out. You know, I think you could say that, you know, I think a lot of old school Saints fans would say, oh, Ricky Jackson is one of the best that ever played for the Saints. Um, and Sam Mills is a lot of people's favorites because he was little, but, you know, he was kind of the, the leader in tackles. Um, you know, he, he had the highest tackle total. And then Vaughn Johnson was by far the biggest hitter of the four. And so, so you know, some oh, Saints fans liked him the best. Because he he people. yeah he he killed people like uh, they're seriously he, he could be charged with murder. Um, Swilling though uh, you know and, and this is how, how you measure you know if, unless you're back then they didn't have analytics you know they didn't have PFF they didn't yeah. have a bunch of fans watching film so how you measured whether a guy was good or not was how many sacks does he have Dude, that, that's yeah. That was how you evaluate someone. And yeah. Willing had the most. You know, and, he was the most explosive of those four. And, he had the stats. And there was a stretch where, you know, it seemed people would be like, that's fucking ridiculous. There's no way. But there was a stretch in 89, 90, and 91 where people were like, Pat Swillen is better than LT. Yes. Because, because in 89, he had 16 and a half sacks. And I could tell you, like, if Pat Swillen we're playing football today, and he was a fourth-round pick, and he had four, ten-and-a-half, seven, and sixteen-and-a-half sacks in his first four year, years, and his contract was up. He'd get a fucking hundred million from the Saints, or they would franchise him. Like, teams would be falling all over their fucking cells to sign him. He'd be Vaughn Miller. They'd be like, we got to give him $70 million guaranteed. Like, Pat Swillen, 89, 90, and 91, was like a fucking animal of destruction, you know, in, in 92 too, um, you know, and he, no, it, I mean, uh, there's no question. I, I think, you know, LT was uh, amazing for a long period of time and, and swilling was, 
I would say, you know, there was maybe three, four years there where he was at that level, yeah. but, but he was his absolutely 90, right, right there with him. His 91 where he had 17 sacks. He had an interception in the opening game against Seattle. Yeah, he ran it back for, for a touchdown. Like, yeah. He was just, he just, I was at that game. He just murdered people. Like, like teams with left tackles that were shit. He would just be like, Pat Swilling is one of those defensive players. And it's, it's, it's hard because like, the Saints defense is finally good again, right? But it's mostly their back end that's good. Lattimore and, and, and Marcus Williams and, and Crawley. So you don't get the same thing. There was a time, man, when, when that don't push. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Control was rocking where, like, as great as their linebackers was and as good as the front was with with Wayne Martin and Wilkes and Warnell, Pat Swilling just, like, popped off your TV because he was so fucking super athletic. You, you're just, your eyes would glue to him and you wouldn't even pay attention to the ball. Like, that's how good he was. He would make you not look at the ball because you wanted to see him just roast offensive tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing was, this is how good Pat Swilling was. Pat Swilling was so good after the 91 season. Detroit was like, we are fucking signing you to an offer sheet, Pat Swilling, and we'll give the Saints two first-round picks. Like, that's how fucking awesome you are. We're going to sign you because your contract is up. And, te- like, that was on, like, back in the night, like, that, like, teams never did that, Andrew. Like, they just, they just, that was free agency. Like, that's what you could do. You could sign a dude, and if the, the team had a week to match, and if they didn't match it, the Saints would have got two first rounds. Like, that's how good Swilling was. Like, Detroit paid him, like, a pretty ridiculous amount of money, and, like, dare, and, and like, I think they thought, like, Finks is never going to fucking match this contract. Like, I want to say it was like four years and like like 20 million or so, or like 18 Which at million. the time was. Which at the time in like 91 yeah. was fucking batshit insane, right? Uh, but the Saints ended up matching it, and he comes back in 92 and is awesome again. And then the Saints fucking ship him out to Detroit for like a fourth, first and a fourth the next year. You know? Yeah, yeah, and and I, I'll never forget um, the Detroit Lion fans were pissed for a couple reasons. I think first of all, Pat Swilling was number fifty six, and I think he kind of demanded, like he told the Lions, "Well, if I can't be fifty six, I'm I'm not coming." 
So they had to unretire. Um, I forget who the Lions had. But they had some guy that had. Um, I'm sure it's on the internet somewhere, but they had some guy that was 56, and Swilling was like, "No, I want that number." So they had to unretire it. So he was kind of already starting off on the wrong foot. But Lions and, and the Lions at this point, I mean, are yeah. garbage. They're they're just a garbage franchise. You know, they had a moment with Wayne Fonts and Barry Sanders around this time. Mm-hmm. But but um but Swelling never lives up to the hype. He never lives up to Yeah, he's only there for he two was. he's only there for two years. Yeah, he, he you know he was banged up. I remember, you know, he was kinda injured. He might have gotten benched at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know like by all accounts he's done. And then he goes out to Oakland to play for the Raiders. And, like, out of nowhere, he's awesome again. Yeah, they put him at end, and they're just like, just go get the quarterback, dude. He had 13 sacks. He had 13 yeah. sacks, six sacks, and then he started he had a good four. Co- he had a good couple years with them. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, the thing is, like, Pat Swilling, I, I don't know where you would rank him in Saints players and top or whatever. You know, top, tw- right? top 20 for sure. Top 20 May- for sure. Maybe top 10. Like, back half. Of, eh. But, like, I would his- say top 15 for sure. But if you ranked Saints players at like their their peak, like how good was their best? Oh well, I mean, I would say I would say he had the best single season in Saints history for a defensive player. Ninety one. Again, he's the only guy that ever was named defensive yeah. player of the year. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Leroy- I think you can put like some season like Leroy Glover had one year that yeah. was amazing. Um, Darren Sharper, you know, in 2009 was amazing. Um, you know, Cam Jordan this year was pretty great. Um, you know, I, I mean, there's, um, Dave Wehmer probably had a year or two or Tommy yeah. Myers had a year that was incredible where I think he had nine yeah. picks, but, um, you know, I, I would say the, those several I just mentioned are probably like the top five, six single season years in Saints history, but I would put Swelling at number one. Yeah, I mean I would too. And the thing is with him is is he he is just he he like I said before, he just he just popped off the screen. And the thing is with with with, with Swilling is He was it, exciting, man. He was an exciting player to have on your yeah, team. Yeah, it was it was so like the the, the people that are that are younger, you like yeah, you think of the the, the the Dome Patrol as like, yeah, Jim Moore didn't win a playoff game and, and they didn't uh, and they never won a Super Bowl and all that and their offense was fucking a joke and they, they won a division title where their leading rusher had like five hundred and twenty yards. But man, when they played teams that were even good offenses and those offensive had they got the Saints would get ahead and those teams had to throw or whatever or they had or they had offensive line issues or people were beat up or their line just wasn't very good like the saints would fucking destroy them it would it got yeah. to the point where it was at games where you would be like saints hurry up and kick your fucking field goal so the defense can come out here and humiliate Chris Chandler when he plays for Tampa more because that's what I want to watch. I want to watch this defense humiliate teams. Hurry up and kick your field goal and get up nine to nothing so yeah. we can so we can watch this bow constrictor just strangle this team to death. Oh, you know, so one thing we forgot to mention was that so there was this whole contract thing with Swilling and Swilling was like, I'm the best player in the league. Pay yes. me. 
And Finks is like, yeah, I'm not paying you. <laughs> Finks so, never paid fucking anybody. Yeah. Man. So in 1990, he drafts Ronaldo Turnbull. Oh, I forgot. I can't believe I'm so drunk. I forgot. Yeah. This. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, he drafts <laughs> Ronaldo Turnbull in the first round, and he's like, you know, he, he's the next Pat Swilling. And so he's on the roster, and basically Turnbull is. I mean, he, he's a first-round pick, and he's supposed to be really good, but he's not playing because he's behind Ricky Jackson and Pat Swilling. So, and, and when he was drafted, the expectation was kind of that he would eventually replace Ricky Jackson because Jackson was a little bit older than Swilling. Yeah. Um, but so Turnbull just kind of, you know, he, he has a good first year because I think there were some injuries, but like yeah. his first three years, he kind of doesn't do anything. Yeah, he had and, nine sacks his first and, year. And so then, like, I think. Finks just kind of gets pissed off with Swilling, and he starts. And I think he he actually was kind of on it. I mean, Swilling ended up kind of reviving his career in Oakland, but he shipped out Swilling at the right time because Swilling had a bad couple years in Detroit, and they ended and, up giving Turnbull the contract that Swilling always wanted from the Saints, which is just fucking. It's just the fucking yeah. worst of things. Like, Ridiculous. Like, because Swilling yeah. is like, pay me, pay me, pay me. And he's like, I'm not paying yeah. anybody. And then. Well, so Turnbull they, has one good year. He yep. makes the and they pay him. And they pay him sacks, And so they're like, oh, this is the next Pat Swilling. And then they pay him. And he goes full junior galette, basically. As soon as he gets paid, he's like, yeah, I, I'm done, you know, being a team player. And, uh, hey, what, you know, it's, it? it's all it? about me now. What was the year Mora got the more the year Mora got fired in ninety six ninety six Turnbull walked off the fucking field during a Sunday night game. He got so mad at uh Venturi, the interim coach, or maybe Mora was still the like he got so mad he fucking walked off like he just like I'm not playing anymore and like went to the locker room. Which like if that happened today, I would be like, What the fuck? Like it would be a it would be a story for the whole week. Oh um, yeah. Yeah, um, and Turnbull wasn't terrible. He just like he was just bad like, attitude. He was, he was a bad attitude, and he was he was super athletic, and he just like he didn't work that hard. And like you said, he had like one good year. Um, you know, it's just like I, I have to think like Pat Swilling like punched a fucking hole in the wall when he saw that the the contract that Ronaldo Turnbull got after '93. Like you know, like it just like like. Here's the thing, like I, I said it like maybe last year on, on on these these drunken podcasts is like Jim Finks, I know his thing is up in the dome, but man, after like eighty six, eighty seven, like he did fucking horrible moves with the Saints and was not that good of a GM. Like he started out good. He was stubborn man. He was he was a stubborn old school son of a bitch. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. But the and thing he, is like he, he would screw if if you pissed him off. By if if his perception was that you were asking for more than you deserved, then he would do something just to spite you. Yes. And would. so that that's what the Turnbull thing was all about. It wasn't that he loved Turnbull; it was that he was going to stick it to Pat Swilling. Swilling wouldn't take what he thought was a fair offer. He kept trying to drive up his price, which I think at the time was a rightful thing to do because he was the best defensive player in the NFL. And Finks is like, nope, not if doing you, it. If and you, so as soon as he traded him, he's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give Turnbull the contract that Pat wanted as a big middle finger. You know, and the thing is, like the money that Pat Swilling wanted, like we look at it now, he like wanted like $2 million a year. Like it's like we look at it now, we're like, what the fuck? It's comical. Man, <laughs> NFL, NFL 
players in the eighties, man, and nineties, they got fucked because they didn't have free agency. You know, <laughs> like like Bobby A. Bear when he signed with the Saints, like he wanted like average top fifteen quarterback money. He got like a two year like five million dollar deal, six million dollar deal. Like it was ridiculously low. And I mean, I know you, I know you're like, well, Ralph, that's twenty eight years ago, inflation and all that. But man, they just, he just, the NFL just. But Finks knew that he had the players by the balls, and just and he was he was unrelenting. Unrelenting, and he would like rub it in too, because like he used to have a radio show every week, and would just like it was he like Finks was just he was just horrible. They need, they need to take they need to take down his thing. They they're gonna talk about taking down the statues in New Orleans, or the Confederate statues. We need to start a move. We need to start a movement. Take down Jim Fix's fucking plaque in the dome. I'm serious. Well, I I will give him this though, man. That roster he or- orchestrated from top to bottom I and mean, getting USFL guys. Um, I mean he he built a juggernaut roster. He really except, did. Except for except for quarterback and running back after you got hurt. But man, you know those um, the Saints corners. Like, the kind of an underrated thing about this era is that the Saints corners were garbage. Oh my and god, yeah. they thought they were good. They're like, I never let a touchdown. Yeah, you never allowed a touchdown toy because the quarterback got sacked 150 million times. Right, right, exactly. Then- so the, the, that that front and it wasn't just the linebackers. I mean, Frank Warren, Jim Wilkes, Wayne Martin. You know, they were nasty up front, man. And um, you know those guys. Uh, that front seven was one of the best the NFL has ever seen and uh, some really, really horrific corners had decent NFL careers because of it. Yeah. They had Toy Cook, Vince Buck, Robert Massey, Milton Mack was Milton Mack was the modern day Sterling Moore. He was on and off the roster depending on the week and the injuries. Like if you gave those guys the pass rush the Saints had in two thousand twelve, they would have given up more yards. They would have given they that team would have gave up forty a week, like oh, yeah. their corner. And the thing is, like when they would play elite cornerback quarterbacks, and they would get blocked, like they would get tore the. F- I can remember a game Jim Jim, Ke- Jim Kelly in '92 just fucking ripped the Saints to shreds in the fourth quarter because they they Buffalo did the hurry up and the Saints just got tired, and they just fucking he just lit them fucking up. But Pat, I would say Pat Swilling, like. If you like you said, if you if he's he's definitely had the best season of any Saints defensive player. But but if I think if you rated, like if you if you built the Saints all time team, like I think he'd be like a top three pick on defense. Like he's got to be, no doubt. Yeah, I mean I think Ricky Jackson had more longevity and he was more like every year you kind of got the same level of production. So. I mean, I think he has an argument for best def- Saints defensive player of all time. I mean, I, I would say Ricky Jackson is probably number one. But, I mean, I, I would argue that Swilling is number two ever in Saints history. I mean, who, who else would you put ahead of him? Mitka. <laughs> people, don't, they don't, people don't even understand that if they didn't leave listen to the other podcast uh no i i think i think i would put i would put i would put ricky jackson and i would probably put wayne martin ahead of him just because uh, wayne swilling martin, no way wayne martin was so fucking wayne the thing is with wayne martin, wayne martin you was have a martin. thing for wayne martin i do i have a wayne martin fetish the thing is with wayne martin is he was never bad 
Like, even in the end of his career, like, the Saints were, like, trying to get him to come back. Even, at, like... So, you, you of, know how pro football reference, you know they do that approximate value? Yeah. So, um, Ricky Jackson is number one for defensive players at 144 for the Saints. Number two at 89, so significantly less, is Swilling. Number three is Mills at 87. Uh, number four is Wayne Martin at 85. And number five is Jim Wilkes. Yeah, Jim Wilkes. Jim Wilkes was like, I don't know who you would describe him as today. Today, because he Jim was Wilkes like, played like twenty years for the Saints. He played and he played everywhere on the. He played nose. He played left end. He played right end. He played defensive tackle. Like, like I don't know who you would like. I don't know who you would describe. I mean, I don't know who you, because the Saints' defense has been so bad for so long that they they really haven't had like a jack of all trades guy in the front seven, you know? I mean, it's kind of, I mean, think of it as like a, a poor man. Wilkes was like Nick Fairley, except that like, instead of lasting a year for the Saints, he did it for the Saints for like 15. Yeah. yeah. And I can remember, and we'll enter this, I can remember, I remember reading something about, it was, it was the Saints were playing the Rams and the Rams were like, fucking Jim Wilkes. That guy deserves to go to the Pro Bowl. I hate, it was a Rams offensive lineman. It's like, I hate that fucking guy. Why he doesn't go to the Pro Bowl, I don't know. He plays everywhere and I hate him and he's unblockable and he he just, I hate him. And it, I forget who it was for the Rams. They're like their center or something and I was like, that's awesome. But anyway, you got another episode of Drunk, Drunk Saints Issues. This is your April edition. We got, uh, we got two down, eight more to go. Uh... It's lovely. Thanks for joining me, Andrew. Uh, I was drunker than you, uh, but you know, people they get they get what they paid for. I think they like this episode. Take us out, British lady. Thanks to all of our Saints Happy Hour listeners, whose donations made Drunk Saints history possible. Until next time, remember, surviving Saints history is hard. That's why God made alcohol. <laughs> <laughs>